This teaching comes to you from the team at Anchor Church Sydney. We hope you're blessed by it. For more teachings, resources or info, check out our website www.anchorchurch.com.au Well, good morning Anchor. How are we doing? Good. Good. Glad that you're doing good. Well, my name is Matt and I am the lead pastor here at Anchor and joining me this morning is... Uh, Arnaldo and I'm uh, the church planning resident here and uh, Anchor Kids Pastor. Now, this morning we are doing something different. This is, um, this is not normally how preaching works at Anchor. So we're going to experiment with something and if it flops, we won't do it again. But yep. it worked pretty good the last service. So, you know when you go to the kebab shop and you can't choose between chicken and beef and so you just ask for both? Well, that's what you're going to get this morning. Like, Amen. we couldn't really choose between, who's the chicken and who's the beef in this scenario? Beef, beef, beef. You're the beef, I'm the chicken. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, what that says about I, us, I, but... I, <laughs> I thought you said, what, what, which one do I eat? Yeah, which one do you choose? Beef. Beef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like falafel. There you go. What, what else do you put on your kebab? Like, what's your kebab combo? No onions. Yeah, I agree. Cheese. No cheese, no. Garlic and chili sauce. Chili sauce. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. There's no other way. Someone told me my my combo was like super Aussie. Because it was like falafel. Like ketchup? No. <laughs> so that, did tomato they sauce? have tomato I don't know. sauce? I don't know. Tomato sauce? No, it's like falafel and no onion, no cheese, lettuce, tomato, tabbouleh, right. hummus, and sweet chili sauce. That's all right. Someone said that was real Aussie. Yeah, I'm not angry at that. Oh, <clears throat> good. Anyway, you can tell me if that's real Aussie <laughs> or not, but... <laughs> Uh, we're going to look at um, Acts chapter 11 this morning, and we're going to have a conversation about church planting um, between Alnado and I. We'll see how this goes. You put two preachers on the stage, and the sermon gets twice as long. So, yeah. um, I hope you had lunch yeah. already. Yeah, or at least yeah. scoop some of 9am's morning tea on the way in. <laughs> I'm going to pray. Alnado's going to read the word for us, and we're going to dive straight in. So let me pray for us. Father, we thank you that you are a God who speaks. And even now, as we do something a little bit different, uh, we pray that you would be speaking to us. Even though this is a conversation, we know that you are speaking. Mm. And so please speak through Alnado and I, and Holy Spirit, take these words and use them to achieve your purposes in the life of our people, in the life of our church, and give us a vision for what it looks like to be a church planting church. We pray this in Jesus' strong name, and God's people said... Amen. Amen. Uh, If you can turn with me uh, in your Bibles to uh, the book of Acts, the scriptures will be behind me as well. Now, if you're visiting here and you don't own a Bible, uh, please don't leave without us gifting you one from the Connect desk. Uh, So this is the word of God from chapter 11, verse 19. Now, those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. And the report came uh, to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. Now when he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose, for he was a good man full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a, great many, and a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. Now, in these days, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. And one of them, named Agabus, stood up and foretold by the Spirit, that there would be a great famine all over the world. Now, this took place in the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined everyone, according to his ability, to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. So what we want to do this morning is look at the very first church that is planted after the church in Jerusalem. So if you remember back in Acts chapter 2, Peter gets up, he preaches the gospel, 3,000 people get saved, a mega church is planted on that very first day. And from there, you fast forward to Acts chapter 7, the Mm. church is still predominantly gathering and ministering in Jerusalem. But in Acts chapter 7, something happens. Stephen is martyred, he is killed and murdered for declaring that Jesus is the risen Lord and will return, is it return on the clouds of heaven like you've seen the Son of Man? And and so the Jews are so furious at Stephen that they stone him to death. And that 
is what God uses as his initiative to scatter the saints. And so we read after chapter 7, after that persecution of Stephen, that uh, God's people are scattered because persecution breaks out at the hand of Paul, at the hand of Saul. And as they are scattered, as they go, as they flee from Jerusalem, these followers of Jesus, these disciples, take with them the good news. And some of those people went to the city called Antioch. Antioch is the third largest city in the Roman Empire, Mm. much like our city. Cosmopolitan, pluralistic Mm. worldviews abound. And along with that, all of the moral laxity that is associated with multiple worldviews. It was a bit of a mess. It was a bit like Sydney in many respects. And we've just read the account of the first church that is planted, the first Christian worshipping Jesus church that is planted in Antioch. And so we want to dig in a little bit on that narrative. And... I want to draw out three movements that we see happening in the church of Antioch. And I think movements that we see actually happening throughout the rest of Scripture. And the the three movements are these. It is to bring people into the kingdom, to build them up in the faith, and to send them out. Or to bring, build, send. Or as some people call it, win, build, send. So we want to dig in on this little pattern that we see happening here in the church at Antioch and see how the church is planted and then how more churches are planted out of it and digging on our vision, our dream of being a church planting church. Yeah. But before we get there, that is a thing that happens really at the hand of the Holy Spirit. That's right. Yeah. And, and we are never the first on the scenes. And we need to realize that. We need to realize that unless uh, we, we do all things as a response to what God is doing. And so as even as uh, uh, Matt and uh, 17 people met in his lounge room uh, over six years ago to plan and to pray, uh, that wasn't, th- they weren't the first responders. They were mm. responding to God already being where he was sending them. And so we need to realize that unless this is coming out of fruit of the, a move of God, that God is doing this, and we are the ones playing catch-up. It's not like we're here strategizing and asking God to bless our plans. We're saying, God has sent us here. How are we going to do it? Yeah. And so God's always the first on the scene. Amen. Mm. And we see that happening there in verse 21 of, um, of Acts chapter 11. It says there, and the hand of the Lord was with them. The hand of the Lord is a metaphor. That's a, a word picture. And it's code for the power of God. Right? Yeah. The hand of the Lord represents his power, his strength. Mm. And it says that, that God's power and strength was with these people that have taken the good news and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. And so there is yeah. this rich harvest. There are people who are responding to the good news as they take uh, the good news of Jesus, as they live out what it means to be disciples of Jesus in a new city, in a new context, People see the quality of their life and the content of their message and they begin to put their faith in Jesus and that is all because the hand of the Lord is upon them. And so I just want to connect this. This isn't a strategy that's disconnected from the last two weeks that we've been speaking about our vision at Anchor. The first week on the first Sunday of Feb, um, I communicated my vision for this year that my hope and dream and heart for our church is that we would desire more of God that we would be hungry for more of God, that we would want more of His power and more of His strength and more of His grace and more of His presence and more of a prayerful dependence in us, in our church and in our lives. And that's exactly what we see happening here in, in Acts chapter 11, a church that God used persecution and suffering to scatter and send. Yeah. And yet they didn't go licking their wounds. They went realizing that this was part of God's sending. Their suffering was God's sending, and they went and they took the good news with them. And this, this was a work of God. The hand yeah. of the Lord was on them. And that's our, that's our heart for our church this year, yeah. that this year would be our best year yet spiritually. And then last week we talked about doing whatever it takes to bring the wayward home. And this, that's exactly what these guys do. Filled with the Spirit, hungry for a work of the Lord, just seeing tongues of fire land in the apostles' heads and tongues spoken, these guys go and they take the good news of Jesus with them. Yeah, and, and uh, that's really, it, it needs to be birthed out of that. It, yeah. it needs to be birthed. We, we're not going to take people somewhere where we haven't been ourselves. That's a dangerous, dangerous move. Mm. And it's so easy to make, mm. uh, particularly in, in ministry where we uh, preach something that we're, we're not living, right? And so the, the, the core, the, uh, the, the very 
the center of this is we want God to work in our hearts. We want God to work in this room, and we want to see this just explode in mm. our city, that there's a better story. There is a better king. Mm. And whether we know it or not, he's ruling and reigning now. And so the gospel says this, that the gospel says that there's a king who is ruling and reigning, and he's bringing about his kingdom. And the question is, how are you going to respond? How are we going to be complicit in seeing the kingdom of heaven come into this space? Not just in sort of some uh, general way, but in your life, in your workplace, in your home, in your city, in your neighborhood. How is the kingdom of God present there? How is the king ruling there? Mm. And this space, as we plant churches, is a preview of what it looks like to have Jesus rule as king practically. Not theoretically, but practically. And so... That all comes from a desire to see to see more of God in, yeah. in our own lives and in our city. So yeah. It, yeah. it has to come from there. Absolutely. I think it was D.L. Moody. He said that the Holy Spirit is the best evangelist. Yes. Yes. Uh, and so we want to be sensitive yeah. to that. So let's have a look at this framework. Win, build, send. Bring, build, send is what we want to draw out of this text here this morning. And you, you see that firstly happening there as these guys take the good news. So mm. Acts chapter 11, verse 19 says this. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen, traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also, preaching the Lord Jesus. Now this is pioneering mission and pioneering church planting because this, up until this point, has never happened Mm. In the story of the good news. Now, go back to Acts chapter 10. Peter has a vision, eat meat, kill and eat, and it's meat that would be considered unclean. And so he takes the good news to the Gentiles. But as far as we're aware, these guys have no idea of what's happened with Peter in Jerusalem because they were sent out after Stephen's persecution in Acts chapter 7. And so this is pioneering church planting mission work. And it begins, this church is established as a result of the fruit of evangelism. Yeah. And now not every church is going to be established uh, from that, but there needs to be, there, there, that needs to be part of it. That needs to be a, a very important part of it. And so part of our vision for Southwest is to run Alpha uh, in the second term of this year uh, and think about not, not just who, 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 who the Christians were coming, right? Uh, that's, that's good. That's essential. We, we, we need people. Uh, uh, but who are those right now we don't even know they're going to be worshiping Jesus in three weeks, in four weeks, in six months. Who are they? Who, you know, asking the Lord to reveal them to us so that we can go and share the good news with anyone who's in our path, our friends, our families. Uh, we, we, we want to have, um, there, there's something I always think about uh, as a church, we, we want to be midwives mm. to the new birth. Right? God is the one who gives the new birth. He, he's the one who uh, gives the gift of faith to people, but we want to be in the room. We want to be there. We, we want to be nurses and doctors and midwives to, uh, to, to aid that process. And so we're, we're very passionate to do whatever it takes to bring the wayward home, uh, no matter what your story is. Yeah. yeah. And so we see that. I mean, the New Testament picture of church planting is connected intimately, intricately with mission and evangelism. They, yeah. they happen together. Yeah. Uh, it's not, as you've said, it's not the only way. Like yeah. you might plan a church because the room's too full, yeah. right? So, hey, we need a new, we need yeah. a new service or we yeah. need a new church at another location because this room is literally too yeah. full. And, and when we do that, right, what, what happens is, generally speaking, new churches reach unchurched people, yeah. unreached people. And so uh, it's going to happen, you know, and we, we pray that God would fill us with that vision uh, to not uh, reshuffle the deck, but to see yes. fresh, fresh faith come alive right in front of us. Come on. And so, yeah. Yeah. We're not interested in just changing the stats where they sit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember a story uh, that um, my church planting lecturer actually yeah. told at Bible College. He, he said that his desire was to go and reach Muslim people, uh, people with a, a Muslim faith background with the good news of Jesus. And yeah. so he moved his family to the Middle East to proclaim Jesus and make disciples. And after a period of time, people put their faith in Jesus. Yeah. And what he realized at that point was he was... Oh, we need a church. He needed a yeah. church. He was yeah. an accidental church planter. I wanted to go as a missionary, but ended up planting a church yeah. because church planting and mission evangelism are connected. Yeah. The fruit of mission is 
church. Jesus doesn't call people to run a solo race called Christianity. Yeah. He gathers people to be a part of a church. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's our, that's our heart. That's why we yeah. talk about doing whatever it takes to bring the yeah. wayward home yeah. because we want to be a church that's missional. That's right. And we're, we're, we're called, we're each, and, each and every single one of you, God has a call on your life specifically. Right? You need mm-hmm. to know that. That you, you're not lost in this sort of pool of people. He sees you. He knows you by name. He knows how many hairs are on your head. But he never calls us into individualism. Yeah. He calls us into a family. He calls us into church, ecclesia, this, this gathering of the people of God. Yeah. yeah. So that's when. Mm. Bring, yeah. bring the people in. Preach the good news. The second movement is to build. Have a look at verse 22 there. The report of this, that is, people were coming to faith under the preaching of these people from Cyprus and Cyrene. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. And they sent Barnabas to Antioch. Barnabas, who's the the brother of encouragement. And when he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad. And he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. Or if you see that phrase comes up time and time again in Acts, added to the Lord, added to the church, added to the people of God. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, Paul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch for a whole year. They met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first given the nickname... Christians. Christians. Yeah, which was... uh, uh, Initially, a derogatory term. Yeah, yeah it, wasn't, it was. It wasn't something that, you know, in a lot of ways, maybe sometimes in, in our culture, it's used that way as yeah, well, yeah, right? But Christians. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now, who, who are these guys? We don't know. We don't know their names. Right? So, and, and that's, that's a beautiful um, sort of subtext here yeah. where we just don't know who they are. Okay. Who, who were these people? Who was this group? Who was this launch team, right? This core group uh, that went out and planted this church in Antioch. We just don't know who they are. But that's important. When, when we find names in Scripture, that's important. When we don't find names in Scripture, that's important. Uh, because the point is not that, hey, let's put on a pedestal these people who planted this church. It's let's show off who God is. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. And so we don't want in 100 years to be remembered as those people who, who planted a church. We, we want to be remembered as those who kind of faded in the background, like that mm. Homer meme, right? Like you just, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I didn't plan for that. That's why it's not up there, but it would be, right? Where he just sort of recedes into the bushes. That's us, right? And the glory of God will shine forth Amen. as people come to yeah. know him. That's, that's our vision. Yeah, that's that's yeah, our yeah. heart. And that's yeah, what happened that's here. That's it. Maybe his name was Louis because he's a Cypriot, right? Yeah, could be. Louis. Who Louis. knows? But the point is, the point is they're not named. And this isn't about their glory. It's about yeah. the glory of God. Yeah. Now, once the church is planted, yes. um, there are people gathering. They're worshiping Jesus together. Um, we don't really know how long, whether these, you know, Cypriots and men from Cyrene were a part of the, the, whether they stuck around or went back. But we do know that the church in Jerusalem, Peter and his homies sent Barnabas, the brother of encouragement to encourage the church. I love that name. It's good. That was supposed to be Anthony's name. Yeah. But Catherine didn't let me. So when you see Anthony, my 10 year old, curly hair, beautiful kid, call him Barnabas. Barnabas, Barney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could just... Bunny, you have my blessing. It's a nickname. Yeah, you. I, I wanted it. to call Levi Noah, but yeah. after it's like three weeks after we named him yeah, yeah, Levi. Yeah. Too late. It was too late. And too expensive to change. Anyway, is it? Yeah. So, um, I like Barnabas. Barnabas I like Barnabas. Barnabas yeah. comes and he begins to establish the church there, and he does that. Well, he does it in a couple of ways. He mm. brings Saul, who, yes. who, who's Paul, has that encounter with the Lord Jesus on the road to Damascus. Yeah. Saul is converted. He brings Saul, and they establish the church and they do that by teaching them the word of God for a year it says there Paul and Barnabas taught the word and established them from the word and that's so central to what it looks like to be formed in Christ yeah I mean uh formation in 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 Jesus is, is is incredibly important and we don't do that based out of our opinions or our own personal leanings but here at Anchor and at Anchor South you know Anchor City is going to continue to do that at Anchor Southwest we, we sit under the authority Amen. of the Word of God. Yep. Okay? This is God's uh, mind and heart being revealed to us about who He is and who He's making us to be. Okay? And what kind of people He's making us to be. And so we don't 
we're, we're, we're not going to give you what's the, the latest on, on trend. It's, this is the word of God. This is eternal. He, he, his heart is for us to be formed by the scriptures. And so I remember um, Charles Spurgeon, an old preacher from, uh, from England, used to say that if you would cut him, like, he would want to bleed Bible. Right? That's, that's the beautiful picture. Maybe that's a bit morbid for some of us, but man, what would it look like to be a people known? And not, not in a Bible thumping, just to point out where, where you're wrong kind of way, but a people that are so shaped by the scriptures that if you cut us, we bleed Bible. Mm, that's a beautiful mm, picture. Yeah. And that's a picture we get here in the book of Acts as they established the young church. Yeah, which is yeah. super important. And that is really God's heart and desire yeah. um, for his people and for the church is that they would mature in the faith that they would grow up in the faith to think of that image from hebrews chapter five or six at the end there where the writer of the hebrews like guys come on you you ought to be ready for steak and three veg but you're still on like maturity is the trajectory that we're on and so they they dig in and they want to establish this church in the faith yeah and one of my favorite verses in all of scripture i have a few but one of my favorite verses in scripture for, for years, I remember someone asking me, oh, what's your life verse? And I'm like, life verse? That feels like I'm going to post it on my bed frame, kind of in calligraphy, whatever. And if you do that, that's great. I'm not judging we, you. We should do it on the pulpit. Like we, we could should. hang a we should, purple not, not, cloth yeah, we like could. embroidered. Yes. With a... And this is what it would be for me. From Colossians 1, this is Paul saying, him we proclaim. That's really important. We're, we're, we're not simply proclaiming our, our own sort of theological flag or tribe. Him we proclaim. Mm. It's Jesus we proclaim. That, that has to be central for us. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom, what? That we may present everyone mature in Christ, full in Christ. For this, he says, I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. In, in other parts of scripture, I, th- I believe it's Galatians, he, he talks about uh, feel, this feels like childbirth. And you need to know that as your pastors, this feels like childbirth. Like the pains of desiring more than anything else that Christ would be formed in you. That you would be so captured by the story of the gospel, by his beauty, by his goodness by his preeminence, the fact that he is enough for you. Like we are in so much pain to see that. And that, that's, what, that's what it would be. And Paul's heart is to see not people just come into the kingdom, but to grow up, to be uh, who God has called us to be. And so we don't want to just send out unformed people to plant churches. It's, it's, it's a little like I remember I was watching um, uh, National Geographic. I don't know if you've seen this, but this is horrible. So a giraffe giving birth. Have you ever seen that? Don't do it. Don't Google it. It's traumatizing, right? Um, and this giraffe kind of just comes out, you know, and kind of just starts walking. In like 15 seconds, like it's off. Like his mom just like, all right. You know, that, that's a fully formed kind of person. Go, go off and, and do your thing. I wonder if we did, you know, if we did that to human beings. Like we can't. We, we, we come out and we are so desperately needy. And we need to be formed. We need to grow. Our bones need to grow strong. Our infrastructure, our breathing, everything. We need to grow up. And in the same way, we need to grow up into Christ. We're not going to say, hey, you became a believer this week. Go be an elder somewhere. You know, um, we'd love for you to become a believer today, right now. We'd love for you to say, I'm going to follow Jesus because this is a better and more beautiful story. Uh, but we're not just going to send you out to, to plant a church tomorrow. We want to form you deeply into into the new story of the gospel yeah yeah so that that doesn't mean that um because i think i think you know lots of people hear that and go oh yeah not, not me, me. I, I couldn't go possibly yep. i'm not i'm not i'm not formed enough i'm yeah. not mature yeah. enough and yeah and that's not what we're saying we're, yes. we're saying that um we all have a unique part to play yeah a church plant needs people who are in leadership and have spiritual maturity who yeah. can lead others yeah Church plants need people who can play all sorts of roles yeah. on, a, on a launch team to kick that thing That's off. Right. So don't hear that think, oh, I, c- I could never possibly go because yes. I'm not a good enough Christian. Right. Who is? Yeah. Would you have planted the church if you were, felt like you needed to be a good enough Christian? Man, you don't know. I wouldn't no. have either. No, it just, it just you know, no, no. He, it, we're sufficient in him. 
Amen. It says, you know, the, the, Paul says very clearly that in, in ourselves we're not sufficient, but in him we are sufficient. And our heart is to see every, you know, uh, from, from non-believers there uh, to form, formed and forming uh, believers there. And so, and part of that, part of your formation, if you're sitting here and you're thinking about coming, part of that may be going mm. for you. Part of your journey of discipleship may be stepping out in faith as, as others have, as, as 21 of us have so far, stepping out in faith. This is, this has been an incredible growth journey for me and Catherine and the kids. A- a- amazing. Uh, things tested in ways that we wouldn't have been tested uh, seeing God move in ways that we wouldn't have seen God move if we hadn't stepped out. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I want you to hear that part of your formation, maybe you coming. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So bring, build, and then the final movement is send. Is send. So uh, we fast forward to Acts chapter 13, and um, there's some stuff that's happening there. But this is still Antioch, right? This is still happening in Antioch, and it seems like what happens in Acts chapter 13 is that Luke, the narrator, just puts us back in the middle of a church service that's happening there in Antioch because this is what happens in chapter 13, verse 1. Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, who we've already heard of, Simeon, who is called Najir, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, a lifelong friend. Actually, I just connect. Maybe it was Lucius. Maybe he was one of the original homies who planted. Yeah, from Cyprus. Yeah, anyway. Cyrene. Uh, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, who gets renamed Paul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Yeah. They have sent, the like, I don't know what language would have been connected with Saul and Barnabas, but they yeah. would have perhaps been like founding pastors or of the church plant. Yeah, you know, like yeah. they were there. They were the ones who established the church. They would have been the ones with the business cards. That's it. That's it. And that, yeah. so they literally send their best yeah. to go and start a new work, a new gospel work, preach the gospel in new places and plant new churches, yeah. um, which is it's costly. It is very costly. And that's what we did with Scotty and Ruth. Yeah, Scotty and Ruth are dear friends. We're in the Philippines now working amongst uh, the most marginalized people uh, in the world, um, going to jails. And, you know, their heart is for uh, prostitutes and children in the sex uh, trafficking um, uh, uh, industry, as it were, a multi-billion dollar industry. And so, they, they, you know, it was, it was a loss for us. It was a kingdom win. It was a win for the kingdom of mm. God for them to be sent. They are amazing people. But for us personally, relationally, um, you know, the, what, what they would do here, it's, yeah, it comes at yeah. a cost. And the same is true uh, in this next sending that we're doing is we are sending our best. Arnado and Kath have been with us since almost day dot. Yeah. Arnado has been on staff here for the last three and a half, four years. Um, some of the people who are going with Southwest are... Some of our most committed, committed servant leaders and volunteers and team leaders and band members. And I mean, it's costly for yeah. us to do this. We, we genuinely are sending some of our best yeah. to do this. Yeah. But we believe that it's worth it, that, that this Absolutely. is what God has called us to. Yeah. Um, and, and this happens because the Spirit's at work. Yeah. The Holy Spirit said, clearly, send these guys out. Set apart uh, Saul and Barnabas. And we feel that that. This decision-making process has been one that has been deeply bathed in prayer and yeah. and pleading with God to give us clarity about yeah. who we send and where we send and and when we when send people. And, yeah. um, and we, we felt throughout this process yeah. that the Lord has been confirming a lot of the decisions yeah, that we've been... Yeah, over and over again. Yeah. I know maybe to some of you guys this may seem kind of like, oh, we just found out a couple weeks ago. Uh, but this is something that both feels fast and slow. And prayerful, and it just feels like I'm. Just, we're just trying to catch up to what God is doing, right? We're, we're just, just trying to catch up with Him. But it's been uh, a, a process that has been cre- incredibly formative for us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we see this pattern happening all throughout Scripture. We yeah. bring, build, sand yep. over and over again, repeated, yep. repeated. Um, and and that is really the strategy that Jesus gave his disciples in Matthew right. 28. Go That's and it. make disciples. You've been discipled yourself. Yep. Now go and repeat the process. 
um, to, to do this again and again and again. And yeah. we believe that church planting is God's primary mission strategy mm. for pushing back the darkness in the world, for the people of God being the salt and light that he calls us to be, to establish churches, to make disciples. Ch- the, the local church is God's strategy for yes. that. He, he's not waiting on any other plan B That's for right. that other than us. That's right. Yeah. And we get to play our part. Yeah, in, yeah. And in doing he calls that. us to work. He calls us to work with him. Uh, it's a privilege. And there's not going to be a moment in your life when you look back and you regret anything that you've put into the kingdom of God yeah. being formed. Yeah. So that's what we want to do. We yeah. want to bring, build, send over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. So this is, this, we're, we're being really intentional with our language. This is the first church plant. This yeah. is not the church plant that anchors that's planting. This is the first one. God willing, of many, many, many yeah, others. Yeah. So, I'm, and I'm already thinking of the, the cost for us. I'm, l- I'm looking at the launch, and I'm like, oh, who am I going to send? Oh, no, I don't want to, but I will. And I, you know, because for the gospel's sake. And so we're planting pregnant. I didn't even think about the people that I would send. Like yeah. I didn't, you know, I, I dreamt about church planting, yeah. but I didn't put faces to it. Yeah, yeah. I got and, names, I got And then addresses. when the faces come, I'm like, no, I don't yeah. want to plant this church anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's hard. So we see this pattern happening throughout the New Testament. This is what Jesus did with his disciples. If you Mm -hmm. remember, he calls a bunch of fishermen. He says, come and follow me. He brings them in. Then they do a three-year ministry apprenticeship and internship with Jesus himself. I mean, that's a pretty good, that's that's a good residency, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was free, I think. Right? Like no, 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 it cost, cost them everything. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But monetarily, it's not like you don't have to pay tuition or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, no, just, you know. just bring your fishing skills, yeah, fishing, right. food. That's right, yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, so Jesus brought them in. He built them up for three years. He trained them up. And then we get to Matthew 28 or end of Luke's gospel. He yeah. sends them out. Yeah. As the Father has sent me, so, so I send you. send you. And, and he sent Around them. Yeah. And then they went and preached the gospel. That's it. Bring, build, send. Bring, build, send. And so... Part of the sending is we, we've, we've um, uh, been partnering with, with a lot of you here uh, to consider coming. And so I want to introduce you to Molly, one of our uh, launch team members. Can you give a hand to Molly, please? Yeah, Molly. There you go, Mo. So we just, want, we just want to ask Molly a couple questions about sort of where she's at and um, some, of, some of the decisions she's made and, uh, to come. And so Molly, share us a little bit uh, about your story, you and Anchor. Me and Anchor. Yeah. Um, I started Anchor about five years ago, um, just after public launch. Um, and my story of why I want to join the church plant of Southwest is, a um, few of you know the story, I went overseas last year, mid last year, um, and went to my best friend's church. She moved to Edinburgh. So I went to her, um, and they did a church plant as well, their Hillsong church plant. And just seeing how much they were on fire for Jesus and getting the word out and everything, I was like, I want to I wanna do that because I missed Anchor this one. I was like, I want to do it again. Um, so that kind of planted that seed. And I met up with Nicole and Miriam, who used to come to Anchor. And just randomly they asked me what where do you think you'll be in five years and without even thinking I just said I'll be at the anchor church plant um which let me just say that it like that wasn't public it's something that we'd been dreaming about it's something we've been sort of playing with and talking about but by no means had anyone beside Matt and myself and Dawson and Brad and the leadership team and Catherine knew anything about planting a church yeah, yeah which is crazy yeah and then when I came back and a couple of weeks went by and you announced at GC that you were going to do a church plan, I was like, okay, I wasn't really ready now, but <laughs> all right, <laughs> let's do it. I was like, five years? No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now? Okay, cool. Sign me up. Um, so, yeah, super excited about that. And I think um, people know me well, like massive social anxiety, anxiety in all senses, uh, but the in regards to the church plan and... Um, being on fire for Jesus and welcoming new people, like that isn't even a thought in my mind anymore. So yeah. that's all God. So it's just yeah. amazing. Yeah, like, just let me connect, let me connect, let me, let, yeah. let, let, let me, let me meet everyone, right? Uh, but there, that comes at a cost to you and, yeah. and changes, cost in, in uh, whether it's monetarily or just sort of lifestyle changes, work. Tell us what, what sacrifices have you made and are making and are continuing to make to be a part of Southwest? Um, so again, last year, 2019, year of change, um, I decided that I really wanted to change my career and um, do something that helped people. Um, so I just had that thought going on in my mind and I met up with Catherine um, and she mentioned that Alnado um, needed someone for admin and I love admin, 
and I, I and I hate it. Wow, badmin. So, um, so chatted to Nardo um, about possibly being PA um, yeah. one day a week um, as a, on voluntary basis. Um, he said yes, which is awesome. So I just needed to find a job four days a week. So um, just so happened that my old high school was looking for a teacher's aide four days a week, um, five minutes from my house, which is amazing. And the like interview process and application, it was all very smooth. I've never had anything like that. Um, and it just all worked out really well So because um, got the job. They said four days a week, most likely it'll be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I was like, okay, Friday off to do admin. Yeah. Um, met up with you. You said yeah. Tuesdays would be ideal. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'll ask. Um, emailed the principal. A um, couple of days later, she emailed back, yep, yep, you can have Tuesdays off, that's fine. Amazing. And I was like, wow, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, like there was some apprehension in my mind about, because I've done five days a week my whole life, um, to go to four days with one day voluntary, like money-wise, but from what I've learned in the last year and a half or so, it's like God's got me. So he obviously wants me on this path, so I just got to trust it. Yeah, amen and amen. Thank you, Molly, so yep. much. <laughs> Can we please give her a big hand? Thank you, Molly. And so that, that, that's coming at a significant cost uh, to Molly and our, our launch team. It, you know, we're learning from her and we're being blessed by her and we want to bless her back. And so, uh, and these stories are, um, uh, there are a lot of people making a lot of sacrifices yeah. for this. And so, so we're going to say wherever you are at today in your spiritual journey and your walk with Jesus, um, God wants to do something with you. Perhaps mm. you're sitting on the sidelines looking in, thinking, what is this thing that these guys call Christianity? Who is Jesus? You've got a whole bunch of questions. We want to say that Jesus wants to, to reveal himself to you. He wants to show himself. He wants to show you his grace and his love. He wants to show you how loved you are yeah. and how far the Father has gone yeah. to extend that love to you in, in sending his son to die on the cross. And so we, yeah. Jesus wants to bring you home, Yes, if that's you. Yes. If you are here and you would say, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus, Anchor is my church, but I don't know what part I can play in this, um, we want to say that God's expressed intention and purpose is for you to grow in your faith, for yes. you to mature, for you to be formed into Christ's likeness. That is the, the Spirit's ministry in yes. you, and every single one of you can do that. And so part yeah. of the journey for us is it's not just... The Santiago's who are planting this church. It's not just Molly and, and the rest of the people on the yeah, team. Yeah. We are planting this church Absolutely. together as, as an anchor family. Yep. And so in order to do that, we've got to send people. And that's going to create vacancies in, yes. in leadership teams. Tons. And so we, some of you guys are going to need to step up yeah. in order for us to send out. Yeah. And yeah. so perhaps there are people here today who are Absolutely. feeling compelled to step yeah, up. Yeah, and I'd love... To speak with you afterwards. Um, yeah. And, and so it, this is going to be an, an incredible journey. It, and I've been prepping our team. You know, there are going to be a lot of things that God's going to do through us that are going to be amazing. Uh, but it reminded me of a time when Jesus sends out 72 to uh, proclaim uh, the kingdom of God, to heal, to exercise uh, demons and, and things of that sort. And when they come back, they come really excited. Hey, hey yo, like... Demons are like subject to us. This is crazy. This is amazing. We've healed people. We have uh, exercised people. This is great. And you know what Jesus tells them? He goes, that's great. But don't rejoice because you have authority over the spirits. Rejoice because your names are written in the book yeah. of life. Yeah. And so as a launch team, even while we are praying for a move of God, that God would work through us, he's working in us. And, and, and we, we want to uh, not grow despite the hard work that's in front of us, but because of it. We want to thrive, not just despite what we'll be doing, but because of it. Yeah. And so we're, we're, re we're really excited about what's coming up. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Let's throw to some practical yeah, questions, because I know there's been a lot of questions coming up, and and um, feels like we're we're answering a lot of questions, and so we'll continue to do that. And I'd love to uh, answer anything else that you have. You can email me Arnaldo at anchorchurch.com.au or Matt, uh, preferably. Uh, that's a joke. That's a joke. He gets too many emails. He gets, but Arnaldo at Anchor Church. I'd love to answer any, any of your questions. But a few that have been coming up. Coming. Yeah. Um, 
Let, let me ask you okay. the first one. So why is church planting necessary as someone who's planted a church? Yes. Um, who, you've already planted a church, right, a as a team. Why is it necessary in Australia? And Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, most lots of people would think, well, Australia is a Christian nation yeah. or there's churches everywhere. Yeah. Church planting is not really necessary. Yes. The reality is that um, it's, it's more than necessary. It's desperately essential. Yeah. We know because... Um, well, theologically, we're convinced that this is God's pattern for pushing the darkness back, establishing yes. his people. Yep. But even practically, at a very practical level, um, we've done some research. And from uh, 1991 to 2011, uh, some demographers did some research and found that over that 20-year period, 1,100 churches closed their doors yeah. from 91 to 2011. And yet... At the very same time, the population in Australia grew by 5 million people. Yeah. So we've gone uh, and a massive increase in population and a decrease in the amount of churches. Yes. That's a problem that, that is we would problem. like to be a part of addressing. Absolutely. Additionally, what we've seen is that in that period, same period of time, church attendance declined yeah. by 13%. 13 percent. Yeah. So not only is the population increasing, but the church-going population is also decreasing as churches yes. are closing. Yes. And then finally, as we look at the, the demographics of the people who are attending church, we yep. see that 64% yep. of current church attendees are over the age of 50. 25% yes. over the age of 70. Yes. The church population in Australia is aging. Yep. And um, we desperately need churches that will engage with and connect the yeah. emerging generations. Yeah, yeah and, uh, and other stats have shown us uh, that uh, new, new churches best reach unchurched people yeah. by far greater numbers. Um, and so we're, we're excited to be a part of the answer to what we have perceived as a problem. Yeah. And particularly in the Southwest, uh, it's, uh, while culturally it's different from Marrickville or, or the inner West, uh, there's still a desperate need for people who, who may have had um, a church background. Uh, so the de-churched is what technically they're called, people who may have had once maybe a parent's faith. And we see a migration of people who can't afford to live in the inner west or closer to the city that are going out, uh, professionals that travel in as well. And so we're, we're, we're eager to reach uh, those those people, people who are maybe just beginning a family or uh, young professionals who haven't, haven't reached that yet. Uh, yeah, we're just excited to be yeah. a part of what God's doing. Yeah. I mean, statistics aside, the reality is that we're facing a spiritual crisis. Absolutely, yeah. Anxiety, depression, yep. mental health, yep. abuse, addiction, family yep. dysfunction. Yep. I mean, our world is a mess. And, yes. and God wants to use his people, his church, to what bring hope and light what and grace vision. and healing. What a vision. So, absolutely. Yeah. Necessary. Now, question for you. Yeah. What about all the other churches that are in the Southwest? Yeah. Why are we planning a church when there's already churches yeah. there? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so one note is uh, I've met with uh, a bunch of leaders and pastors in the areas already because we want to work together. Uh, this isn't um, uh, sort of us wedging into, uh, we, we don't see it that way. Uh, because if all those churches in, 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 in that area are, were full, like let's just take Reesby, for example, 18,000 residents there. If every single church in just that locale was full, they would, we would still need... Uh, desperate amount of different kinds of churches. And so um, that, that's one. That's just, th those are the numbers. There are people there who don't follow Jesus. We want to aid that. We want to show them and uh, with, with our words, but with our lives and our witness that there's a better way, not just to think, but there's a better way to live. Uh, that, that's number one. But also, um, you know, my wife, Catherine, grew up in, in Bankstown. She went to UWS. She went to um, she shopped there. She lived there. I mean, her whole life was there. We, we still live in the area, by the way. We travel in here. I've been traveling in for years. Um, and so we've, we're just answering a call from, from God that he's kept us there for, for a purpose, for a reason. He's brought us here for a purpose and for a reason. And now it just feels like it's all coming together. And we get to do what he has called us to do there. And so we're very passionate about the multiculturalism there. Uh, I'm very passionate about the food there. Um, it's so much cheaper than here as well. But uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's where God has called us to. And, yeah. and different people will come to different churches. It's That's a good, right. It's a good That's thing right. where there are more churches in a given area That's that right. are different from each other. That's right. More church is not a problem 
the problem is more churches that aren't working together. That's yes. the real problem. Yes, yes. And, and we want to do this in and, partnership. And God's been, God's been uh, doing stuff in that, in that space. You know, just meeting with different pastors who 50 years ago um, wouldn't have crossed their own denominational yeah. lines, right, to meet with a guy who, you know, I'm an unknown quantity there. Uh, and other people are there from, from different traditions. And so it's been a real blessing to be a part of, of that vision where, 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 you know, Jesus says, how will they know that, how, how will they know about me? How will they know it's your love from one another? Mm. That's how they'll know. And so us working together, despite our differences, is going to be a witness to yeah. our city as well. It's good. Yeah. A uh, little bit of practical detail. Yeah, I think, yeah. you know, we're, we're simple people. We just want to know what actually is happening. Yeah, what with is this happening? Thing. Yeah. Um, when? When are you going? When? And this is a hard question. You know, so we are not hard because it's unknown. Hard because it's so close. Yeah. And so May twenty fourth, which is our sixth birthday as a church, uh, will be commissioned out. And so um, we'll have a combined service that day. It's going to be a lot of food, and I mean, I'm, I'm kind of just feeling really emotional now about it, but uh, that's going to be the day where we are launched, uh, where, you know, Mother Hen kind of kicks us out, <laughs> the mother bird kicks us out of our nest and says, go and fly, and um, yeah, and, and then from there, we'll continue to meet as a launch team, uh, training, praying, we'll be doing worship nights, prayer walks, we'll, we'll continue to do that, and then sometime, God willing, in September, we'll have a public launch. Uh, that's going to that's gonna go off, right? And uh, so I'm excited about that. But um, May, May 24th really is weighing heavy on us. It's coming up. It's coming up very soon. Who's going? Who is going to be joining you in Who's this Who's going? All right. So my wife is going, Catherine, uh, which is great. That, that, uh, that's helpful. And man, that would be, I was like, that's enough. Let's go. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm ready. I've got, I've got a kids ministry there. Anthony could lead the, anyway. Um, but we have more. <laughs> Thank God. Um, uh, so uh, if, if you know these people, uh, so Adam and Hannah Podger are coming along with us. Uh, Nick and Catherine Nielsen. Uh, Molly, as, as you've met, and, and Liz Stewart is coming as well. Uh, Joel and Nicole Viglioni are coming along, and, and Isaac and Sam Viglioni Oof. are coming along. Um, it was like half the, half the band from today. Um, Matthew and Courtney Charters are coming along. So the guys who lead Annandale uh, GC, they'll be transitioning out of that and, and joining us as well. Uh, Lauren Nolly is coming along and, and um, Elle um, uh, Scarcella is coming and um, her fiance, Zach E. Cobb, and his sister, Michaela E. Cobb. And we also have uh, Jonathan Moran, who you've seen play drums. He's a kind of weird guy who you don't know <laughs> who's come to play drums before that guy. He's coming along as well. So we're sitting at about 21 at the moment, uh, not including children. Um, and we'd love to see that grow. Great. How many do you need? So how many do we need? So we, we, we set out, you know, uh, we've been in, uh, Matt, longer than, than I have, but just in the church planting kind of world. And I know people who've planted churches and things like that. And kind of what's your relationship with your sending church, as it were? And uh, man, this man and, and the leadership team here are very generous. I mean, I've heard of church plants and pastors who say, uh, you can take like three people, right? Um, uh, Matt's been very generous and said, you can take 35. And so that's, that's a big amount. That's a large amount of people. So we'd love to have about 35 people from here. So there's room uh, for you if, if that's something you're considering. But also um, through Alpha, seeing new life, seeing new people come to faith, baptizing even before we launch, uh, people would be an amazing thing. So we'd love to grow to about 70 uh, before we go to public launch in September. Yeah, which yeah. is about where we, we launched with 330 and then became the fastest declining church yeah. in Sydney for <laughs> yeah, the yeah, next like 80. six weeks next, down yeah, to yeah, 70 yeah, yeah, or 80. Yeah, yeah. So that, yeah. that's about a number we're trying to hit. Yep, yep. yep. Um, <laughs> we'll start there, start yeah, well. that's it, that's it. Um, and, and as well, if you have friends yes. who live in the Southwest that aren't going to church or even yeah. perhaps have walked away from church, one of the things about Anchor is that for many of you, you've told us your stories, yeah. you walked away from church and Anchor was part of God's way of bringing you back to himself That's right. um, by his grace. And so right. if you have friends in the Southwest, perhaps you've given up on church, walked away from church, or currently aren't a part of a church or looking for church, yeah. send them Arnaldo's way. He would love to have a coffee with them and meet Absolutely. them. Absolutely. And so... Um, next question. Yeah. Will this be an anchor church? Yes. Will it? 
Oh yeah, 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 oh, yeah, awesome. yeah. It Good. will be. Um, no. So it will, be, it will be. It will be. I was like, yes, I'm, I'll take a question. Yeah. Uh, yes, it will be. Uh, it will be an anchor church southwest, and the reason why we're doing that is uh, is not just to sort of copy and paste Matt's vision, but being part of the leadership team here for many years and cultivating this space. There are just things that we've we've made together. This is. Um, a beautiful thing for me to, to sort of take what we have done here and sort of transplant mm. that in, into another, into another space. Yeah, so we'll have uh, shared vision. You can talk into um, into some of that stuff, but uh, we want to be a movement of, of many churches. We, we want to see tons and tons of gospel proclaiming him we proclaim. Remember him we proclaim. Those kind of churches uh, uh, in, in the city. And so we'll have high accountability, uh, uh, low control, uh, but we'll be sharing a lot of resources. So. Mm. So essentially administered, um, oversight of governance, yep. finance, yep. Um, design, yep. communications, all that kind of stuff. And it's, and it's all the things that, generally speaking, church plants, they, they yeah, sink yeah. church plants. Yeah. So things like governance and finance and yeah. operations. Um, operations. A lot of churches close because of, of yep. the weight of that stuff. Yep. And so we, we want to see this uh, go into um, decades of ministry yep. in that space yep. and us planting churches together so So centrally administrated but locally led by elders pastors on the ground like we're not video preaching me in that would be weird to video preaching (laughs) me in when Alnado's sitting there so this is going to be a local autonomous interdependent church plant thing yes yes and we're doing that for health we're doing that because we love each other we're doing that because relationship and trust sits at the center of what we're doing and so uh, I wouldn't want to do it any other way yeah. yeah, and James Dawson wouldn't let you do it no, anymore, really, really, would he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, next question is, how much <laughs> is this going to cost? Yeah, this has blown some people away when they've asked, and I've answered, but the first year budget for us is $160,000. Uh, we we want to find a suitable space, a safe space for kids particularly. We know that in that area, uh, there's, gonna, there's a lot of families uh, mm-hmm. who live locally, and so um, uh, we, 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 we want, and that's going to take a considerable amount of uh, although that's that's low, you know the budget, um, but um, that's it's, it's going to take a lot from us. Um, now, where that's coming from, yeah. where the 160 is coming from, is again, if you if you don't know, know this again. We're going to keep on saying this that from the di- first moment uh, that we planted, we've been putting away nine percent for such a time as this, and we will continue. We're going to do that as well, mm, mm. Um, so that we can join. Uh, what what Anchor City is doing and and plant more churches. So uh, Anchor is sending us off with forty thousand dollars. Um, as, as a gift, and if you have been around for a little while, you know the guys from Wasilla Bible Church in Alaska. Amazing Crazy. story. Yeah. Uh, don't have time now, but I would love to share that with you. Uh, but they're they're partnering with us. I mean, a church from across the world, literally, uh, twenty thousand dollars for the f- for the next four years. So that's eighty thousand, not not five thousand a year, but twenty thousand mm. a year. Um, and so that's that's sixty, if my maths is correct. Pretty good. And uh, and then it's and then uh, the rest of it we're we're applying for grants and we are uh, um, uh, our, our launch team uh, as they uh, with their tithes and offerings and uh, we're going to be calling people and and other churches as well uh, I've sent letters to twenty churches or so with our prospectus asking them hey do you want to partner with with a hymn we proclaim kind of church uh, here in the city and so we're, we're hoping to raise that by um, by May. Good. Have you got a building? What building will you be meeting in? No, we don't have a building yet. We don't have a building yet, but if you, do you have, have one? a building, I, I would love... Would oh, like, yeah. Do you have one? No, I don't. Okay. I'm just would, asking if you want one. I would love a building. Yeah, you need one. I would well, love a building. Well, yeah, th- listen. Let, let, digress, let, let, digress, digress. Come on. Let's stick on yes. a target. No, we, we, don't, we don't have a building. Um, we have people and the, the people of the church. Come on. I know, yeah. I know you're trying not to get me to say that, but the, the people are the building. Uh, but we would love a building. So maybe you know someone who has a warehouse yeah. or, or something along the lines there in the Reesby, Milpera, Padstow area. I would love to speak with you, and I would love to partner with you in that way. So Warehouse would be amazing. A warehouse would be amazing. Yeah, black. Yes. Black, everything black. Everything black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we agree. Yeah. So, as, as we've already said, this isn't just about you guys planning a church. This yes. is about Anchor family planning a church together. Everyone yeah. has a part to play. How can we support you guys in this? Yeah, I mean, listen, prayer is, is not a tokenistic yeah. kind of answer that we hear. Oh, just, you know, pray for me. No, 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 no. Pray for us. Yeah. Put it in your phone. Put it in your diary. Set reminders. Please pray for us. 
uh, we have sensed a real elevated sense of uh, spiritual warfare in our family uh, and attacks, and uh, we, we need prayer. We need to be covered in prayer. So every single person who's following Jesus in this room can commit to at least that. And when we say at least, what, what I mean is that, please, pray. If, if you don't have a regular prayer habit here, begin. Mm. Begin praying for us. And, and, and maybe that will revitalize your prayer life, but pray for us. Uh, we, we, we desperately need prayer. Uh, second is if, if you're living in the area or if you're moving towards that area, uh, consider joining us. Uh, consider recommending your friends who are there, who may not know Jesus, who uh, may, may uh, find um, that helpful for them. Uh, but uh, join us. Come. Move if that's what the Lord is. Y- you're laughing. I'm not, no, move. It's cheaper. We yeah. have it's cheaper. Yeah, it's cheaper. You can probably afford a house down Maybe there. that is God's call on your life right now. Maybe he's calling you to that. Well, bro, don't say that. They'll all leave. Right. No, well, They'll yeah. They'll all no. go. Uh, I know, will come. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, and, and, and give and consider financially partnering with us. Yeah, you want to speak to that? Yeah, let me, let me just speak to the, um, the financial partnership bit. Um, in 2013, there were a bunch of people who we cast a vision to about planning a church called Anchor Church. And they took a risk and invested. They, they sowed into this vision, this dream of planting a church. Uh, and that church grew and they saw the fruit of that. A number of years ago, we, we moved, Tash and I, when we first got married, we moved into a house and the people that were there before us had just planted a passion fruit vine, but nothing had happened. And so the guy said to me, look, I've planted this vine. I've been watering it and fertilizing it. I would hate to see it die. Would you commit to continuing the process? Like, Absolutely. And if you know anything about passion fruit vines that require a lot of water. So I watered this thing diligently multiple times a day. And after a number of years, This beautiful passion fruit vine grew across the whole lattice that was set up along our back veranda. And then after another year, eventually some fruit came. And then we left and someone else got to eat the fruit. I think they actually killed the passion fruit vine, chopped it down. Such a shame. But my point is this. My point is this. Someone sowed and then a period of time took place and then someone got to reap the benefits of that initial sowing. There are people who sowed into this vision of planting Anchor Church that got to reap the benefits of that when was planted. The people who originally planted this church, as Alnada was mentioned, have been putting 9% of our Mm. annual budget aside for such a time as this that when we were ready to plant a church, we could pull the trigger and make it happen. And finance wasn't the thing that held us back. There are people who have been doing that who are no longer here, who have sown into that vision and now we'll get to reap the benefit of the fruit of that ministry. Yeah. In fact, in November of 2017, we stood before the church and said, what we need in order to prepare ourselves to position ourselves to church plant is an executive pastor who can build this thing and make it happen. Because yeah. if it was left to me, it wouldn't have happened. Actually, to be honest, Brad probably could have made it happen. Yeah. <laughs> but we, Brad was busy. But he was, he was busy, right? So we like needed four people. Yeah, we needed an executive pastor. And so we, we fundraised for that. You guys gave about $38,000 towards yeah. that vision. We employed James Dawson about eight months later. And James has been busy building uh, what, in my mind, is one of the best church planting residencies I have seen. It is good. It's, it's good. real. It's it's thorough, yeah. and has been equipping Alnado and James Wong as the, as we prepare them to plant out. Yeah. And so, for those of you who were there in November 2017, you are now reaping. We are reaping the fruit of that first initial investment. Yeah. And so today, I want to say to those of you who are here in the room that we have an opportunity to sow. We have an opportunity today to sow into this vision, to give towards this vision of seeing churches planted, of seeing church planters raised up and sent out and people trained and equipped here at Anchor City so that we can do this thing over and over and over again. Bring them in, build them up, send them out. Bring them in, build them up, send them out. So I want to invite you to partner in that today. This morning you will find find a, a giving brochure on your chair and I want to ask you to take that home Mm. and prayerfully consider your part in sowing so that we can reap the fruit of our ministry of our investment at some point later down the track because we're going to hear stories of people at Southwest who have put their faith in Jesus because we made an investment yeah we're going to hear stories of people who are maturing in their faith in Jesus because we made an investment here yes 
And it's, you know, th- th- this is what you need to get. This is my, my heart for you, that you would get that this, while it seems like a cost, while it seems mm. like a loss, not one person in this room, we're, we're going to have to give an account to Jesus one day. We're going to yeah. face him one day. And we're going to have to give an account for our lives. And, and, and he says, teachers, even worse. Yeah. Right? But we will never, not for a moment, regret one drop of blood, one drop of sweat, one penny yep. that was poured into the kingdom of yep. God, pushing back the darkness through local churches. Yep. There's not going to be a second of regret. And that's the true and greater story that we need to live into. Yeah. That our lives revolve not around ourselves, not around our hobbies, but our lives revolve and are an expression of God's will for this world, for his goodness to shine forth in this world. And there's not going to be a, a moment of regret. You need to, you need to know that. Yeah. Uh, and so we invite you to partner in praying and coming in provisioning for us. And so, Matt, can you pray for us? Love to. Yeah. Let me pray. Father God, we thank you that you are a good God.